Welcome to today's podcast for doing good. We're happy to welcome Tanya, a volunteer and mom. Tanya, will you introduce yourself so the listeners will know a little bit more about you? Yes. So my name is Tanya, Tanya Katie. I'm married and have two beautiful girls. I am a longtime volunteer that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit um, that I'm super passionate about, but excited to be here today. We are excited that you're here. How did you get into volunteering? It sounds like you're you're a busy mom. Uh, have you been volunteering very long? Yeah, I would say a long time. So I think my roots of volunteerism came from high school, uh, most impacted during that time. Actually, I was part of uh, the Rotaract Club. Um, it was Interact at the time, uh, Rotary and then Rotaract. But anyways, it was Interact Club in high school. And we actually traveled to Mexico to build a playground for kids and got to hang out with kids. So I think that was the most impactful volunteering, but that was many, many years ago. <laughs> so, What else have you done in your life in regards to volunteering that has, as you said, stuck with you? So another uh, project, I guess, if you will, that's really been close to my heart volunteering has been Orphans Royalty. And that is an organization that I started about seven years ago. And we do Royal Ball-like events for foster kids and orphans around the world. And I was volunteering at an orphanage and saw a little girl in the dirt and had this kind of vision that I wanted to knight these kids. And I kind of saw it in my head, but it was a mother and a father figure knighting with the sword, this little girl and her having an outfit, kind of a ball gown outfit, if you will. Um, and that was kind of the start of Orphan's Royalty. We're here to talk about volunteering, yet you started a nonprofit. Are you still a volunteer or do you get paid for this? Will you explain that for us? Yeah, yeah. I'm still a volunteer. Um, I did start the organization and, you know, have contributed over the past seven, eight years as a volunteer, um, just like other volunteers contributing to the organization with time, resources, you know, passion, but, and then get others involved now to volunteer as well. So it's kind of a fun uh, multi-part now. That's great. And I, and I appreciate that you consider what you said, I'll say equally, time, resources, and passion, because I think a lot of people consider one maybe more important than the other, and I know that's different for everybody. But can you speak a little bit more about your passion and where that comes from? Sure. So, I mean, my passion for for orphans or kids um, that I've had for years, I mean, in, in Interact, we built playgrounds for kids and, you know, through Rotary um, was able to give wheelchair distributions out. But um, I think my passion for people just comes from God. Um, but my mom also has a big passion for homeless people. She'd give food out to people um, driving, you know, downtown Los Angeles. She'd hand people food. And so I think my passion came from my mom um, for doing good, I guess, if you will. Um, loving on others. And then my passion for kids is just seeing kids in orphan situations um, and wanting them to see a different way. I kind of grew up like that. My parents got divorced, but I felt really alone in the world and um, just 
connected to those orphan kids who didn't have parents, even though I did have parents that loved me. Um, you know, the kids need that mentor. The kid kids need to see God in a way like that, um, a loving father type way. That's interesting. I understand where the seed of orphan storyalty came from, and I understand what you're trying to achieve. Can you tell me a little bit more about how the orphans or the children experience that through your volunteering and maybe that of others who volunteer with the organization? Yeah, so we as a team, um, and it depends where we are, so we have, you know, a team that goes to the location of where we're at, but um, we do first um, is we go and give the kids a personal invitation. So it has the kid's name on it and it says the Royal Court of the King of Kings solicits the presence of, and it has their name handwritten on it. So the kids get this little invitation and I have kind of like a picture from our book, the invitation and it has their name on it. So it's super impactful for, for the kids. And the volunteers get to kind of announce the kid's name and then the kids get really excited. Um, and then, so that's the first step. And then we go back um, a couple of days later or that same day, just depending on where we are in the world um, and we give the kids new outfits. So they get a ball gown, a suit, um, tux, tie, you know, whatever it is um, that they can to dress up with the ball. And so they get to try that on and our volunteers help them kind of try on the outfit and, there's a lot of emotion that come with that because that kind of mindset shift of I'm ugly, I'm not wanted kind of starts to transform there. Getting me emotional just thinking about it because um, we have seen some kids in the mirror kind of think, oh my gosh, I actually look good and I'm starting to love myself a little bit. And so um, that outfit process and then the kids, you know, are transformed in their little outfits. Um, and then the next step for volunteers is um, kind of inviting this kid, the kids to a ball. And so the kids come through the doors to this ball and we normally cheer them on um, and help them find a seat. And then um, the volunteers also do this knighting ceremony and that's at the ball where a mother and a father figure knight them with a sword and place a crown on their head and cape on them and just speak life over them. Um, we just tell them they're valued and important. And I think that's where these volunteers really get to speak life into these kids. Um, and me as a volunteer transforms us, you know, transforming others, hence doing good. Right, right. That's what we're all about. Well, and it sounds interesting too, because I'll say specifically in the ceremony you're speaking of, it's an opportunity where um, it sounds like a husband and wife can volunteer together, which is it can be a challenge to find volunteer roles where you can indeed volunteer together, um, which means in the same room at the same time doing the same thing. But this sounds like a really cool opportunity. Have you or other volunteers experienced that as a unique experience? Yeah. So we've actually had families come as well. So there is a mother and a father, a gear, husband and wife, and then their kids kind of get to be part of that as well. So we have a really cool experience with the mother and father set at a table, even with the kids to eat with them and um, the nighting, of course, to kind of play off of each other. My husband and I got to do it at this last fall for foster kids in Clarksville, Tennessee. And it was the first time we actually nighted the kids together and that he was at an event. And it was just a really powerful experience to 
I was encouraged listening to his words over the kids and encouraged the kids. And I just kind of was beaming in love for my husband, you know, watching him night the kids and love on them. And um, and then for the families that come, their kids actually get to be part of the nighting as well. So they might help, you know, with speaking, uh, you look beautiful or whatever encouraging word the kids have over them. And so we've had some really cool um, experiences like that where the teenage kids are really transformed with their experience as well. Well, that's incredible because it's so important at any age, right? But especially, I think, in the teenage years. Yeah. So speaking of the teenage years, when you were in high school and going back to your original volunteer experiences, maybe that stuck with you more so than others, thinking about it from that standpoint and then being able to look back on it and say, oh, you know, I grew from that experience or this is what that experience led me to do this, this and that throughout life. What would you suggest to teenagers and what would you suggest to the parents of teenagers who are wanting to volunteer? Yeah. So I think that a lot of the times teenagers are looking for volunteer opportunities for their resume. And even later, you know, in life, we're looking for volunteer resume builders, but really it transforms us. And so, you know, I think finding something to volunteer in that you're passionate about starting at a young age, kids have passions. And so finding something that connects to the kids' passions, I think it's really powerful. And then parents encouraging the kids to find something like that. And whether it's volunteering at the local animal shelter because your kids love animals, I mean, that's just a perfect way to get them passionate about volunteering. And we have a board member who her daughter um, is passionate about animals and she did a run to raise money for animal adoption, for example. And so I just think it's fun to find those passions early on. And then we grow in that desire to make an impact um, that starts, you know, young at seven or eight years old. You're so right. And so did you find that in hindsight that you had some sort of calling or mission on your life to make an impact, big or small? Definitely. I think we all do. And I think it's just a matter of finding it for each of us because we were all created with a great purpose um, to impact the world in a great way. What would you suggest to parents to help them communicate about that with their children of any age um, and or or maybe how to draw that out in them or discuss it maybe yeah that's a a great point so we have a book for example an orphans to royalty book and that allows parents to talk to kids about orphans in the world and foster kids and just kind of what that might look like of course it allows them to do a nighting ceremony with their own kids right to impact their own kids lives but to make kids aware of other circumstances in the world. And so an easy way to do that is, for example, a book, right, for kids. They can read about it and learn about it and then in, you know, in turn grow a fruit for it. Uh, so there's a lot of great books out there for kids, I think, to learn about that. And um, there's some great videos out there on YouTube. You obviously have to, you know, sort through them, but it allows the kids to see some of those situations or circumstances that you're trying to portray that are important in the world. Um, for example, you know, a dump site, you know, with all the garbage, you know, piled up um, in, a, in a city, for example, allowing kids to kind of have a passion for recycling, for example. Um, I think that's, you know, a way that you can do that as well. So books and videos are really helpful to 
help the kids visualize that. That's a great idea and age appropriate too. Exactly. And I think the parent could and should have the ability to, I'll say, go through and and weed out the ones that are not appropriate. Want. Yeah, exactly. Based on what you want your kids to see or not see yet. I mean, because there are some really hard things to see as kids. You don't necessarily need to be exposed to every terrible thing going on in the world, um, you know, all at once. And so. Right. Right. And help them keep their childhood. Yes. Yes. And help them process that because there's a lot of stuff that goes with that that I've heard about, you know. You've done a great job of including stories along the way. And I thank you for that. Um, Are there any other experiences in volunteering which you would like to share with us? Good, bad, or indifferent? Sure. Um, This is kind of a fun one. I was going down to Mexico, was going to cross the border and find orphanages to invite to our next fall. And it had been raining and so soaked the night before. And I just prayed, God, please give me sunshine so I can drive and, you know, find these orphanages and not have to worry about rain. And of course, the next day it's sunshine and, you know, rays of sun, beautiful. Um, But I'm driving a rental car, driving into Mexico, and I get stuck in the mud like three times. And so sometimes volunteering is ugly. It's where this is going. And, uh, but it's so worth it, right? So I'm getting stuck in the mud driving this car and I'm in the middle of nowhere in Baja. And I like looking around like, and I just start crying, God help me. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to get out of the mud. I would have to get out and pull my car. I don't know, push my car out if that's even going to work. Or And so a man I've done praying comes over and he parks his car on the other side of this giant puddle in this mountainside and gets out and helps connect my car to his car with a rope that he had in his car and pull me out. I mean, he said not two words to me and just pulled me out of the mud. And I went on my way to go find these kids. We ended up finding three orphanages to invite to that next fall. But moral of the story is that volunteering is not always beautiful and pretty. We have a volunteer who helps us input data of all the donations that our organization gets. And it's not pretty. It's behind a desk. It's easy that she can do. Um, And she thanks the donors for, you know, donating, for example. It's not always pretty, um, but it's so rewarding when the kids get to have a ball and the little pieces along the way to help an organization or help, you know, whatever cause it is move forward. It's just so appreciative and so worth it. That's a great point. And I'd like to just point out that the lady behind the computer doing data input could easily be a virtual volunteer. Or, right, and that's the way to phrase it today. But the idea is if you're volunteering from your home, wherever you may be, you would indeed be a virtual volunteer or a remote volunteer, depending on what you're comfortable saying. And um, and yeah, it's surprising to me how many times that comes as a surprise that working on the computer is a virtual or remote activity. It does not have to be in the office. And there are so many opportunities for people of all ages and all, I'll say, um, experience with computers that they can still do from home. Yes. I mean, even doing good has virtual volunteers that help make this podcast possible, et cetera. So yeah, we're just, we're so appreciative of volunteers everywhere. And 
it's it's easier now, I guess. You know, you, it's fun to come on a trip and travel, you know, under thousand miles across the country to deliver a ball to kids, right? And that's so fun and amazing. Exactly. That is so true. Well, and are there other, I'll say, volunteer experiences you've had uh, with your husband or maybe with your family, whether you were, as you were growing up or now as the parent uh, that you could share with us? One, I was telling you about my, a little bit about my mom um, and, you know, her passion to give back and make a difference. Um, but she's, you know, volunteered at soup kitchens and that sort of a thing. But one I remember is when we were sitting outside the post office and it's just, you know, on our merry way and she would have snacks for homeless people and still does in her car where she, she drives. She finds that and she gives them out to them, but she also likes to empower them to start their own business and kind of think creatively and entrepreneurially. And so she would have bottles and rags for them to wash windows. And that's really common in Mexico where you stop at a light and someone will wash windows, but it, it kind of, gets them out of the mindset of just asking for money, right? It's empowering others and someone else to kind of start thinking creatively about their future. And that's what Orphan's Royalty really want to do is have them start thinking like royalty, not like an orphan to get handouts. But my mom, she would hand them and say, she would hand them a bottle and a rag and say, I'm empowering you to start your own business you can start washing windows. And then, you know, I just, I remember this one guy was like, okay. And she said, and you can start by washing mine and I'll pay you to wash my windows on my car because they're filthy. And so she kind of empowered them to do that. And it was just this really cool moment of like him starting his own business, like right off the bat. And um, I just, I remember that because I want my volunteer experiences to really impact a feel good for me, you know, um, I really want them to make a difference in the person's life. So that was another meaningful one that I remember as a kid, um, you know, volunteering and impacting. So you never know what's going to stick, right? Yeah, I love it. Well, and you speak so well about impacting others through your volunteering, but I wonder if you could share an experience which really impacted you as a volunteer. Yeah, as a volunteer. You're horrible. I think some of the most meaningful ones are when the person receiving whatever it is were in tears after. Um, and I remember one little boy in particular that was getting knighted and he was just, he felt so seen and heard because of his experience and we were just being there for him and he was just bawling. I mean, having this really impactful experience um, at a ball. And I just, I remember that. And I remember being transformed um, in myself, you know, as well. Um, and then another one that I can think of was wheelchair distribution through Interact in high school when I traveled to Mexico. Um, the second time, I believe it was, we did this wheelchair distribution at a stadium and really poor families came to receive their, these wheelchairs and their families came as well. And the families often received the burden of carrying them around and, you know, helping them get to and from places. And so when they finally get a wheelchair for the first time, right, these families are impacted and then the people are also empowered to move around on their own with their wheelchair. And so they would, you know, 
fit a wheelchair to them. And you'd see that they would have sores on the back of their legs because they had been in these wheelchairs that didn't fit them or, you know, on their arms. Um, and so it was just multifaceted. You see the, the families like crying and then you see the person receiving the wheelchair crying. And I mean, there's just so much emotion behind some of these volunteer stories and impact that you just are in wow, you know, you're in awe of the transformation that's happening. And the kid's life, for example, you know, we heard that his parents would burn cigarette butts on his body. And, you know, to hear the that story behind the kid crying at this ball, feeling empowered and loved by a mother father figure. And then you hear this backstory and you just said, wow, these kids, these adults, whoever it is that we're volunteering to love on, to impact, um, are being transformed. You know, they're being loved on. And so it's it's worth it, you know. Yeah, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. It's true. And especially when you, and I challenge anybody out there as they volunteer and they're in, I'll say, an experience that's a once-only type of experience, um, just to remember that there's so much that has built up to that point for that client being served. And there's just no way to know what that person goes through. And it, and if you can find out something like the backstory you're speaking of, then that's helpful to understand and grasp just a, a, a percentage of the, the story for that person. But um, yeah, you'll just never know how that person is changed fully. And I get how nonprofits definitely could and should follow up with clients served and kudos to them for that. But there's still, that's still just data. You know, it's really, it takes the stories of the people to really fully understand who they are. And, and rarely do we get to hear all their stories. No, we don't. We mm -hmm. don't. But it's really cool when we do, but you're right. We just keep on doing what we're doing, knowing that it's making an impact and kind of creating that experience for them that will change their life, you know, down the road. So Exactly. Exactly. Well, what would you suggest to anyone out there who is, I'll say, interested in volunteering, but maybe has never worked with or met maybe even orphans or youth? who have no parents or who do not have a home to call a home, um, what would you suggest to them before they get started? Yeah, so a lot of volunteers, I worked with an organization that recruited volunteers. I worked at Junior Achievement for about five years. Um, and for those of you that don't know what Junior Achievement is, it's an awesome organization that you could volunteer with. But I you know, worked within recruiting volunteers and a lot of people get stuck at the idea of thinking that it's going to become another full-time job for them, right? Because we're all so busy in our world. And so I think volunteering, you know, we think, oh no, was it more than an hour a week? I can't do it, you know, um, just because we're busy with our own kids and families and lives. Um, for example, bringing in a foster kid, you know, or adopting a foster child, that is going to be a huge responsibility and not everybody can do it. There are amazing families that are called to that and can do that with their time, resources, you know, energy, but not everybody can do that. And so I think being realistic about 
how much time you do have and your passions, and then reaching out to the organizations. Um, because we used to at Junior Achievement, for example, the requirement was going into a classroom between five and seven times to teach business principles to kids. And we had some volunteers who said, I can't do that every week. And so, you know, we were flexible. We said, well, can you do it every other week? And if not, let's find you a volunteer partner that then you could go every other week, right? And so organizations are really, I guess, flexible in volunteering. Um, and, but first figure out what you can do and then reach out to the organization because they might be able to accommodate for your passions and use that time that you do have for the resources, although you may think small, um, can really make an impact still. Right. Oh, my goodness. Don't get me started. Oh, but I guess you did. So the the idea of time, resources, and passion, like time is different for everybody in every phase of life, right? And I can guarantee that someone, say, who is retired has potentially more time on their hands than when they were working. So, so it's a great opportunity to take advantage of that, right? But the same goes for all, say, new mothers with children who are just busy and frankly not even able to sleep through the night yet. Really, there you don't have, I'll say, that much extra time to give to others, and that's understandable. So I think people need to be fair to themselves as to how much time they can give. And don't discount any resources you have. Resources also include contacts and your own network of friends and people and I'll say even where you shop. So so don't discount anything. Consider your places of worship, your circle of just daily life, because that circle, whether it's in person or online, has additional uh, depths to it and, and can create additional ripples in the pond. So I just suggest people to, to not discount the power of just sharing a post on Facebook or telling a friend about this ball that's being thrown for orphans and how cool it is and what a neat idea. Um, there's so much that just putting out the seeds and letting them take effect with the right people and, and also growing them when possible. It's just wild to see how the idea of volunteering can take off. Yeah, it's so true. I had, we have a volunteer opportunity at Orphans Royalty that a couple people have done for us is they've opened up their home and hosted a tea party for oh. their friends to come and enjoy little treats, enjoy some tea, and just learn about Orphans Royalty and what we do and see some pictures and videos. And so that's a really easy way for some people that are super social, for example, to say, hey, I'll get together with, you know, 10 of my girlfriends and you know, just host to teach and learn about orphans royalty, stuff like that. I think that's why we have to tap into our passions and what you're excited about doing. Um, and if you need me to help you be creative uh, with your passions and volunteering, definitely call me because I'm, you know, creative and I can think of how to help you get volunteering. But uh, there's so many ways. And so organizations are, you know, happy to help you put your passions into um an impact, making an impact. That's perfect. That's perfect. So before we end today, is there any other advice or piece of information or story you'd like to share uh, before we wrap up for the day? I would say 
we are transforming the mindset that is out there, whatever it looks like. And so for us at Orphan's Royalty, for example, it looks like a generation past um, banking in the street for money to raise their orphans um, now that they have a home. But the next generation and what we see is the transformation of the volunteering. And that is that this next generation is dreaming for themselves. They have a business. They're getting others involved into making an impact and what that looks like. Um, And so I really think that just like my mom passed to me volunteering, we're making an impact so we can change the world, not just have it be the way that we see it right now. Um, And so, for example, we see a future where there are no orphanages. We want all the kids to be in homes, right? And to be a different way of living um, that there wouldn't be uh, poverty in the way that we see it today, Um, that there would be mindset shifts as well um, that come with making an impact to see another way. And so I am excited at the challenge. I know it's such a big challenge, but I'm excited at the challenge that, you know, all of us putting our heads together can really make a difference and make an impact of what that looks like for a group of people that you're passionate about, for example. That's wonderful. Outstanding. Yeah, it does. It always boils down to passion, doesn't it? It does. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your passion with us today and your time and resources. And I hope that the listeners out there have not just enjoyed the conversation, but uh, been exposed to perhaps a different world of orphans and orphanages that maybe they didn't know about before and just different ways of volunteering and what that may, those may look like uh, in a variety of ways, uh, or I'll say in a variety of causes of giving back. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Tanya. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Megan, for having us. I know there are lots of people out there that want to make an impact. So I hope if it's not volunteering for another organization, it's, you know, starting your own little whatever it is, like, you know, lemonade stand outside um, to make money for the local uh, charity or whatever it is you're making an impact. So thank you. I appreciate your time and having us to encourage others to volunteer. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Everybody can make their own impact in their own way. And that's who we are here to celebrate. So thank you very much. And thank you for listening today. And we hope to see you again or talk with you again next time. All right. Bye. Thanks.